stars, welcome back to season three of Rock the Mic. I am your host, the photog of Rock Gods, Mike Klein. And of course, you're listening to us on Spotify Radio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and of course, tune in with Alexa. Before we jump into this week's episode, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Rock the Mic Cast. That's Rock the Mic, M I K E Cast, C A S T. For all your crazy podcast updates and, of course, crazy posts and schedules. And every once in a while, I put some crazy photos up, too. Check us out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. So normally, when it comes to controversial topics, I tend to steer clear of the conversations. Not because I don't have an opinion about the topic, but because people can't handle a fucking conversation based off of facts and, of course, opinions. But like any one topic, there's always a certain one that you feel stronger about. And this episode is discussing my opinions and feelings on the recent allegations and the documentaries surrounding Marilyn Manson and Hugh Hefner. My information on this topic was taken from the depositions and the documentaries that were related to each of these individuals. So please understand uncertainty. Rock the mic nor Mike Klein condone any disrespectful or abusive behavior towards men or women in any fashion. Today's episode will not only be a controversial one, but also understand that there will be facts along with personal opinions. So feel free at any time to reach out to us at Rock the Mic with any comments, questions, suggestions, or anything involving this topic. What you'll hear today, it's out of the norm, but it's a real reality amongst society today. My comments may offend certain individuals, but the purpose of this episode is to bring awareness not only to the victim, but to encourage everyone, male and female, to speak up when there's red flags of danger. Bottom line is, you always have a choice. It may not be the right choice. It may not be the most comfortable choice, but you always have a choice. And today, I want to talk about a controversial topic that I believe people had choices And now they're taking it to an extreme by not going to the police, but going to the media and the media changes everything. Let us begin. As many of you know, I spent time on the road photographing Marilyn Manson. I've had several short interactions with him as well. I mean, none of them were demeaning or disrespectful conversations. It was things like catering was great or thanking him for a great show or maybe commenting on the particulars of the show. Well, in the past year, there's been several allegations of wrongful doing to include rape, violent sexual acts and abuse made against Manson by his former girlfriend. Well, as the media reports and then gossip channels like Perez Hilton and Radar Online started covering the stories, it made me wonder, like, what the hell is actually going on? There were reports of Manson losing record contracts, endorsement deals, management companies were dropping everything around the time that Manson and these allegations started to come afloat. Now, I do know Manson had issues with substance abuse, and actually, I've seen a couple shows where he's actually fallen off the stage because he was high, intoxicated, drugs, alcohol, or a combination of both. But to this day, there have been no formal charges with any wrongful doing or any crimes involving any of these allegations from his former girlfriends, which makes you wonder. Look, dude, I get it. 
Manson is probably off his fucking rocker, and I'm sure he's not a saint. But if you have a problem with something as serious and as strong as rape, why don't you go to the police? Why do you go to the media outlets and talk about it and, and, and go to social media and hint about it? This makes everyone look guilty. Not to mention, it's a known fact. When it comes to certain things in today's society, you are definitely, ultimately guilty until proven innocent. So I started reading the depositions and watching the documentary, and and I have to be honest, though I, I feel the pain and anger towards Manson is warranted in certain things, I also feel like the complaints and allegations are complete bullshit. For instance, one of his former girlfriends complained that she had severe depression and PTSD, in part because Manson used to lock her up in the bad girl's room. Well, Manson had this sound booth at one point turned into glass box that he used to play some kind of sexual mind game. And uh, apparently Manson gets off on it. He, you know, he locks you in the room for whatever reason. Well, he spoke about this box publicly several times in various magazines and interviews. And apparently even his friends, like people that came to his house knew about this room just by going to the house and seeing a girl locked in it, bro. It'd be the last goddamn time. I tell you what, if you locked me in a box in a room where people just stared at me, if that wasn't fucking a creepy situation or not, it would be the last fucking time you'd ever, ever see me back at that house. So it makes no sense. Well, I don't know. Maybe it does make sense to the person that was locked in the box all that time because maybe that's just something they got off on. So again, why complain about it? Why talk about getting put in a box four, five, 10, 25 times if it was such a problem the first time or the second time or the 12th time? You had an option. You could have left. You could have never come back once he let you out of the box. Hell, you could have gone to the police. You had options is all I'm saying. And that's part of what this podcast episode is about is it's just not Manson in this gig. You were there as well. Bottom line is every relationship is different. I'm not making excuses for Manson or any of these girls, but every sexual relationship is different. If there's something that you don't like, say something. Anything, something. It just doesn't fix the situation by sitting around and complaining about it 10 years later. You have other choices, bottom line. And that's what we need to think about. And yes, it is that simple. It would only take one time to lock me in a fucking box. It would only take one time to take a hatchet or a hammer and throw it at my head where it hits me. It would only take one time because at that point, I'm calling the police. I'm walking out of that house and I'll never speak to him again. This is what part of the problem is with people. The problem is, is that they get into these situations without ever paying attention to what's going on or what they're getting into. Marilyn Manson may be a creep and maybe a real piece of shit, like seriously. But one thing's for sure. We know he's a freak. Look at him. I'm seeing there's nothing wrong with the way he looks. I'm seeing he didn't start off to be this Don Juan, Fabio, Ken and Barbie looking surfer guy. And then he turned into this internal darkness and, and, and came up with this freaky side. He's always maintained his image, his fondness for far out and out of the ordinary things. So in short, 
is it right for someone to start losing their livelihood and their job and their money and their public image based off of allegations of, of sex and misconduct without that misconduct being proven as a wrongful or something that was against the law. One of his girlfriends said when she went to Manson's house, there was pictures of naked women everywhere and swastikas on the wall. And the house was even kept a very chilling 65 degrees and dark real quick. That doesn't make you crazy, by the way. Like I have pictures of women on my wall and my house is very cold and it's dark and I don't have the swastikas cause that's a little fucking far out. But just disclaimer, there are other people out there and I know that I'm not a crazy weirdo like Manson, but back to the story. She claimed that they would do a bunch of drugs, have sex and have sexual acts where he would tell her things about how he fantasized about having sex with her and putting a gun to her head and having sex in blood baths. And there were even instances where a girlfriend complained that she was choked and even electrocuted. And at one point she said um, she was cut by Manson, which is an interesting fact because the majority of the girls he dated had tattoos that were cut marks. Somewhere is his, his initials, like he was branded, but these girls obviously did it. And then they even had blood packs with Manson. Like that's weird. And now after all of this, in the dark and all this crazy relationship over the years. I mean, these girls dated him for years. Um, now they're claiming wrongful doing. So this is where it gets crazy. People, I'm here to tell you. If I was to have sex at Marilyn Manson and I was at Marilyn Manson's house. And if it didn't involve like cut off chicken heads and strong choking sessions and smacking and whipping and lollipops up my ass. I don't want it. Because at the end of the day, something about Manson, something about his look, something about his lyrics, something about his strange habits is what turns you on. And that's what you wanted. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been there for so long. All in all, I'm just saying own your part. Relationships are tough. Nobody wants to break up. Is that it? Is that, is that what's happened? If you feel like something's wrong... If you feel like something's violent, something was a crime, why would you stay? More importantly, why not go to the police? Why why wait? Why wait years to complain about something that you're calling an injustice to the media, but you're not calling it a crime to the police? I'm not saying Manson didn't do all of these things. I'm just saying Manson's lifestyle, his turn-ons, may have been things that you ultimately didn't like, which is fine. But ultimately, you had the option of getting away and leaving. But instead, you stayed. Now you've created a, an issue for him based off of something that you didn't like or something that, something that wasn't fair to your lifestyle. I've said it again, Nobody likes a bad breakup, but more importantly, regret doesn't motivate revenge. One person's abuse is another person's enjoyment. And that's really today's society. Think about it. All I'm saying is, is that I'm not here to kick people because they have, you know, PTSD or depressed. 
what I'm saying is, is do the right fucking thing. Stop going to the media, go to the police, go to people that can actually make a difference and actually start to fix this problem. 10, 15 years later, complaining about something that in your mind isn't gone, but why does it need to be news? I think it needs to be fixed. All I'm saying is, think about it. So now we're going to move on to the Playboy billionaire, Hugh Hefner. I watched a documentary entitled The Secrets of Playboy, and honestly, I call it bullshit. I'm sorry. Number one, the dude is dead. Number two, the majority of these allegations are just laughable. Like, this show is seriously laughable. And I'm going to go over a couple of the issues, but my biggest problem was listening to the Shannon twins, and that's where we're going to concentrate they had this horrible story, their relationship with Hugh Hefner and, and how they have PTSD and they're severely depressed and they can't even handle a relationship now because of the way Hef treated them. So let's explore. Let's talk about the Shannon twins. This is what they're claiming. First off, the Shannon twins had a rough childhood to their own acclaim. Their dad was non-existent. Their mother was non-existent. So they went and lived with their grandmother. I get that. Which, at one point, their grandparents, their grandfather, he died, and they were forced to move into a trailer park. And, of course, at that point is where it all starts to fall apart, where the girls had to drop out of school, and they had to start working at the age of 16. Now, of course, being in Florida, the twins started working for a chicken wing company in Florida, right? Which was the rival to Hooters. They couldn't even get into Hooters, and that's where, ultimately, they started modeling. As the story goes... They talked to someone about letting them pose naked at the age of 17 and sending pictures to Playboy. Like, dude, right off the bat, that shit sounds sketchy. You were 17 years old and setting up nude photo shoots to send to Playboy? By the time they turned 18, they'd finally got the attention of Playboy. And they were brought in to do a test shoot at the mansion. During this time, Hef was starting to look for new girlfriends. Holly and Kendra and Bridget, which were doing the show for E!, They were on the outs and they were getting ready to do their own thing. And Hefner decided that he would send a letter, a written letter to the Shannon twins. And he expressed he wanted them to be ultimately his girlfriend and live with him at the mansion. So dude, dude sent a handwritten letter like old school, right? Like grabbed a pen and paper and sent these two chicks a letter in Florida saying, yo, Will you be my girlfriend and live in this big-ass house in Beverly Hills? Check yes, check no. Verbatim. How the hell could that be misconstrued? Like, how could that be misinterpreted? Like, it's black and white. Obviously, the twins move into the mansion. They sign off in this letter right away, and they take the role of Hef's girlfriends. Even they said they signed contracts. Of course, we didn't know what we were signing. And... Part of that signing that contract and being Hughes girlfriends where they were paid a weekly fee. So it was a job, right? I mean, that's kind of, in my opinion, where it's going. You're, you're coming to this house. And I mean, sure. Okay. He's your sugar daddy at this point, but either way you've signed a contract, you're getting paid. They complained that the Shannon twins, they complained that they were controlled all the time that they would get in trouble if they wanted to wear black fingernail polish instead of pink, or at times they were asked to dress up like schoolgirls and match each other because they were twins. Well, 
that's what Playboy's all about, right? Pink bunnies and of course wearing schoolgirl outfits and it's something that every guy's fantasy, right? Not to mention, why would you have a problem with it considering you were paid to do it? It was your job. And then the complaints came in about having to have sex with Hugh Hefner. The complaints were things like you don't understand the mental torment of being a 19-year-old girl having a 83-year-old man go down on you. Well, let's stop. You're right. I don't know what it's like. But if I was dating an 83-year-old man, I'd be able to tell you because bottom line is is that that's the relationship. That's what you signed on for. This is your boyfriend. These things happen. Sexual things happen. Did you think honestly, and you even claim to say, the Shannon twins, that they had no idea that being his girlfriends would involve anything sexual. Have you lost your fucking mind? It's, have you seen his magazines? Like, I get it. The articles are amazing. Blah, blah, blah. But there's naked chicks in these magazines. You've been to these parties. You've heard the rumors. They're all true. These parties are wild. And there are a lot of girls and guys naked and having sex and doing things. Like, did you think the CEO, the proprietor of sex, the playboy billionaire isn't going to have sex with his girlfriend. Jesus. He has girls lining up the fricking street to get in his house at 83 years old. So I don't understand what you expected. You got a letter, a letter said, will you be my girlfriend? You, you flew out to this huge mansion. And, and of course we're going back over the same thing we just talked about. You signed contracts. You were his girlfriend. What else did you expect? But your complaint is that you've been tormented and you're depressed because you had to have sex with your boyfriend. I got news for you. He wasn't 19 years old when he wrote that letter. He was 80 and you damn sure had to expect having sex with him. Not to mention again, your boyfriend is the playboy billionaire. You find it out of the ordinary. You find it out of the ordinary that Hugh Hefner has orgies or Hugh Hefner likes to sit back and watch girls and porn stars have sex in his bed and film it. Why do you find this out of the ordinary? Like for me, shit, I would have imagined worse things. Now I've heard some of the other girls talk about behind his bed were like devices and, 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 and dildos and, and nipple clips and all these devices and, 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 things that he used all during the day and for these girls and butlers had to come and clean them up. And that shit made sense to me. Now, some of the other stuff was a little off base. I agree. I mean, I agree. The, the, the nine thirty curfew at the mansion, it seems a little early, but being a paid employee, I guess that was a part of your contract that you signed. And honestly, there are several companies and businesses that have curfews for their employees. I mean, one of them being the NBA and like major league baseball, like when you're on the road and doing road trips or team outings, there are certain rules and curfews that are enforced. I mean, I've got several friends that play team ball and you know, our dinners were cut short at nine 15 or nine 30 or whatever the team deemed reasonable. And if those rules and curfews were broken, then there was a final penalty. So during that time at the mansion, um, 
you know, the, the Shannon twins out of frustration, they had, you know, they had said that they had wanted to leave, but they had to take care of their grandmother. So they couldn't leave because they needed the money. And they said the money was good. And when they confronted Hef, Hef even had said, like, you can move across the street to the other, I guess the regular house, like the regular bunny house, but the money wasn't the same. So the girls decided that they were going to stay because of the money. So I guess at that point, my question is, you made a conscious effort to say you wanted to leave. So you knew you wanted to leave, but then you made a conscious effort to go, but I'm not going to leave because the money was too good. But now when things have all fallen apart 10 years later, you want to go to the media and you want to complain about it. I don't understand that. Like, really? Like, is this the story because Hefner's dead and it's time to talk about him? Like, what What did you do? Like, you woke up yesterday morning and you were just like, I think it's time to go to the media and talk about my bad relationship. Again, we've talked about this, right? One person's abuse is another person's enjoyment. This is today's society. This is reality. Like it or not, I'm not saying that's what I choose. I'm just saying, think about it. Own your shit. Be a part of this. If you can consciously say you know you need to leave, then something inside of you, regardless of whether things were going right or wrong or that person was doing things wrong to you, you knew you wanted to leave. Why didn't you leave? Because, again, I don't like hearing you say, well, it's just not that easy. Well, it is. We complain about things in relationships all day long, but when it comes to serious things, we don't want to talk about it. We just we stay and hope for the best, and then when it's all said and done, we want to come public about it 10 years later to the media. Like this is the celebrity world. Like this is what we're doing. It's just a trend. And I'm not saying again, these things haven't happened. I'm just saying if things were so horrible and things were tormented, then why didn't you go to the police? Because he was powerful because he had money. I mean, honestly, Regardless of the fact, if it's a crime and you felt this way, you could have gotten away. It would have been a way out. Whether it would have been a fun one, I doubt it, but it would have been a way out. And all I'm saying is, is that you can ask any doctor, psychiatrist, or anyone. There's always a choice. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't appreciate people not owning their shit. If they're a part of that relationship with Manson or Hugh Hefner or anyone joe blow down the street if you're not happy say something get out tell your friend if they're violent get out tell someone tell the police make it known your life is important and for the men out there it's always weird to me to you know to not hear that there's not a lot of men that step up there's not a lot of men that say they've been abused or you know And there's got to be stories out there. People don't talk about it. So again, I wish, you know, I wish everybody the best. And I wish that at the end of the day, that this brings a little bit of awareness and I'm sure it's going to piss a lot of fucking people off because of what I have to say. It's, you know, it's not about, I have an issue towards girls or I'm calling them liars or women and, you know, men the same way I grew up with a single parent, my mother and I know what it's like to have communication because at the end of the day, it was just me and her. And I can relate to the fact of why mom went to work. 
I was with my grandparents because that's just how we had to do it. We couldn't afford daycare and we couldn't, you know, again, I'm not trying to tell you my story and say, woe is me, but I'm not here to tell you I'm depressed or PTSD because of all the crazy things that went on. And my dad was a fucking maniac. That's not what I'm here to talk about because I made choices. I've made great, great choices. I've made horrible choices, but at the end of the day, I own my shit. And I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. I'm just saying I've had the choice and I've chose differently. And I think you should too. Think about it. Until the next time, rock and roll.